Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. It is Jay Zawoski here with you. The Blackhawks lose 2-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights in the shootout on Tuesday night. And boy, was that a frustrating loss in a game where, look, the Hawks have played two of their best games in a row and have come away with one point. We're going to break it all down. We'll assign our pluses and minuses for the game. We'll go down the number line as well. Uh, first, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at jzawoski 670 Email the show LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or send us a voicemail 708-653-0572, 708-653-0572. So let's get right to it. The last two games the Blackhawks have played against the Washington Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights in my opinion, are their two best and most complete games of the season, and they come away with one point. It's massively disappointing. I struggle to be pissed at the team or mad at the effort or mad at players for screwing up. There's one guy in particular who I am a little peeved at. I think you all know who I'm talking about. We'll get to him when we get to the minuses of the game. But overall, they played hard. They played a complete game. It took an incredible shot and a pinpoint precise shot to sneak through the wickets of Robin Leonard, who was absolutely outstanding. That goal Holden scored was from a weird angle. It was a cross-ice pass with the, with the Vegas net empty, and Holden just slipped it between the five-hole of Robin Leonard, who was sliding post-to-post. Post. I'm not blaming Robin Leonard for that. You can't really blame anyone for that. They had a man advantage with the empty net. And it was a perfect shot. And the Hawks had so many chances at the other end where Marc-Andre Fleury just came up huge. And both goalies came up huge. Leonard and Fleury, or Leaner, if you're uh, Steve Conroy, Robin Leaner, uh, they both played awesome. And I was really, really pleased with the overall effort of the Blackhawks. Kirby Doc gets his first goal. That's great. I thought Brandon Saad continues his great play, and this might have been his best game of the year. You saw Alex Nylander get more responsibility, more ice time. Everything was going well for the Hawks, and all I could think during that third period was they've got to get another goal. One goal is not going to be enough here. There's no way. And as the game started going, there's 100 seconds left, and they're still up, and all of a sudden, Vegas pulls the goalie. They get a perfect shot on goal, and things are tied, and then they lose in the coin flip in the shootout. It's miraculous they were able to kill Jonathan Taves' penalty in overtime. A bad penalty. I don't know what he was upset about. I don't know why he was palms up in the penalty box. It was an absolute penalty. There's nothing to complain about. They have to call that. They have to call that a penalty. I'm sorry, Taves. It's just be better with your stick. It's really quite simple. So, man, it just, I I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. You've got to get these points here. Other teams in the league are not wasting time. Other teams in the Western Conference are not wasting time picking up points. We saw last season, it came down to six points for the Blackhawks. So three wins over the course of 82, made all the difference last season. You can't let these games where you play so well slip away. You just can't do it. The Coyotes picked up a win. The Predators picked up a win. The Wild picked up a win. These are the teams you're chasing. You're going to be competing with for playoff spots. You can't let these points slip away. And while I say this, who am I mad at? How can you be upset about the effort in this game? Brandon Todd could have had three or four goals, and Marc-Andre Fleury was just great. He was outstanding. Patrick Kane almost scored in the shootout. The puck almost slipped past Marc-Andre Fleury, but it didn't. It's just, it got away from him the same way it happened against Washington. 
They played a really solid 65-minute game, and it just got away from them. And the, the shootout, which I have always called a coin flip, it's exciting, but it is what it is. It's a coin flip. You talk about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane as two of the better shootout performers in history. Both of them are under 50% for their careers. So it's just a matter of, did the goalie guess right? Did the shooter guess wrong? And Vegas walks away with the extra point. It's really, really frustrating. And I have to imagine that the Blackhawks are very, very frustrated as well. Really a tough way to lose. It's a tough way to end the game, especially how well they had played. And look, Connor Murphy goes down. The Hawks are playing with five defensemen. Murphy is probably their most reliable pure defender. So they have to play the entire third period without Murphy. And they did. They did a great job. They did a great job. They did everything they needed to do except stop the one shot that just snuck between the legs of Robin Leonard. And uh, boy, I know I sound sort of <laughs> I sound sort of down and and crushed about it, but the, the I think one thing I sort of missed, and this is going to sound crazy, about when the Hawks were in their dynasty was meaningful regular season games because we all knew they were good enough to get into playoffs, and then once the playoffs started, then it counts for real, right? Then we start to really care. The way the Hawks are now, regular season games matter, and I was on the edge of my seat. For the whole third period. I, I, I really, I don't have a criticism aside from Jonathan Taves penalty and, and some of his play overall tonight. You know, Jonathan Taves is, is going to be your, your weak link. That's a problem. And we're going to get to that in the pluses and minuses. But aside from that, I don't know. What do you say? I think they played pretty well. Marc-Andre Fleury was just awesome. And that is the story of this game. And sure, Robin Leonard had to be awesome on his end too, and he was. But I think the Hawks had the edge in play. I think they played one of their better games of the year. And here they are looking at one point of the last four available. This one's tough to swallow. It, it, it really is. For a game this early in the season, this one hurts because they deserved it. They deserved to win the game, and uh, they just didn't, it just didn't happen. If you missed it, by the way, the Hawks did make a trade during the game. Alexei Sorella was the player the other player acquired in the Calvin DeHaan trade had a nice preseason had a good showing looked like a guy who was going to be uh, a reasonable part of the future a guy who could potentially be called up this year now remember he wanted out of Carolina because he was not on the big club so that's why they included him in the DeHaan trade well he lasted five games in Rockford and he's been traded to the Florida Panthers for defenseman Ian McCation so Alexei Sorella, uh, if you see a guy go to two teams that quickly, you got to ask some questions. And I talked to a source in the organization, and I said, Sorella must be kind of a POS, if you know what I mean. And they said, yes, he's a selfish player. He wanted to be up in the show, and uh, that's part of why he was moved. And if a guy wears out his welcome after five games, I don't care how much talent the player has, it's probably time to move on. And the Hawks cut their losses, and maybe Alexis, Alexi Sorella goes to Florida and becomes a really good player. I'm not ruling that out, but uh, you don't want a guy that's going to be a problem, a problem in your organization when you're trying to bring up some young players and try to set the culture for the next generation. You don't need that in your organization. So Alexi Sorella has been traded to the Florida Panthers for Ian McCashin. All right, minor trade. Weird to see it happen in game, but there it is. It is time for the pluses and minuses here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's start things off with 
the pluses. Kirby Doc picks up his first NHL goal. It wasn't pretty. The celebration was nice, but the goal itself wasn't pretty. It hit him in the knee and it went in. I don't think it ever hit his stick, but it doesn't matter how. It matters how many. That was his single shot on goal. He played a team low, 8.22 of ice time, but there was a lot of special teams mixed up in there. A couple nice flashes from Doc. I want to see a little more offense. I want to see him with the puck a little more often. Um, But got the goal scored, played well. He looks the part. He doesn't look lost. I would just like to see that line in particular possess the puck a little more. But the first plus goes to Kirby Doc. Second plus of the game goes to Robin Leonard who was absolutely fantastic. I said on yesterday's podcast, I really wanted Robin Leonard to get the bulk of the starts. I stand by that. They've been doing the every other game thing here. Maybe you give Crawford the next start and then see what happens. But Robin Leonard is the better goalie right now. I don't think there's any question about it. Not only was he great, he made a couple miraculous acrobatic saves, but his calm in the crease, when the puck's loose in front of him and he can't really locate it right away, he doesn't panic. He doesn't get twitchy. He just locates the puck, stays in position, and freezes it. I love what I've seen from Robin Leonard with his start with the Blackhawks here, and I want him to be the Hawks' starting goalie until he's not. If he starts to fall off, fine, but he should be getting the bulk of the starts, at least in the near future. Robin Leonard was absolutely fantastic. A guy I don't think we've sung enough praises for. Did I butcher another cliche? Maybe? That's a borderline butchering? I don't know. Ryan Carpenter. Signed as a free agent, not a lot of fanfare around it. He was fantastic against Vegas on Tuesday night. Won 57% of his faceoffs, had 17.50 of ice time, 4.08 on the penalty kill. He was relentless. He was terrific. Uh, and he's got some offensive game to him. To have a fourth-line guy that you trust in all situations uh, with different line mates, is invaluable, and Ryan Carpenter has been an excellent addition to the Chicago Blackhawks roster. Last plus of the game, there's probably a lot, but I'm not going to do too many. Last plus of the game goes to Brandon Saad, 17.34 of ice time, four shots on goal, three more shot attempts, two minutes and 14 seconds of shorthanded time, and he was all over the ice. Brandon Saad had a really, really, really solid game, and he continues to have a really, really good season, I just hope he gets rewarded with some goals. If if hockey gods exist, Brandon Saad needs a hat trick. <laughs> if there is such a thing, if anyone's earned it, it's been Brandon Saad. He's been great. One more thing I want to mention. Alex Nylander got four minutes and 55 seconds of power play time on Tuesday night against Vegas. You saw him on the first power play unit, and you saw Dominic Kubelik on the second power play unit like that. I like giving different guys some, some looks on the power play. Uh, Nylander only played 12-20 otherwise, but again, you saw what you wanted to see from Nylander with uh, the offensive creation. There was one chance he had where he probably should have shot the puck, where he sort of weaved himself into good shooting position and made one extra move, uh, and he didn't get a shot off. That's really my one criticism, and that leads me nicely into the minuses. Shoot the puck. This has been a thing that's been happening for the Blackhawks a lot this season, where Alex DeBrinkett or Alex Nylander or someone else named Alex <laughs> gets a, a good look at the net and opts for the extra pass. Stop. Shoot the puck. Hope for a rebound. Hope for a weird bounce. That's how goals are scored. It's how your goal was scored tonight. 
Not every goal is going to be an Alex Ovechkin one-timer. It's just not how hockey works. You throw the puck at the net, and good things happen. Look, I know they're skilled players, and you don't want to coach the skill and the creativity out of them, but if you've got an open look at the net, and it's you and the goalie, don't try to feed a pass through the slot, through three you know opponents trying to get it across the ice. No. Put the puck on net. Shoot it low. Hope for a rebound. Shoot the puck. Neilander did it tonight. DeBrinket's been doing it all year. It's been bugging me, so I want to mention it. All right, the other big minus, uh, Connor Murphy left the game on Tuesday night. Jeremy Counton with an update. He will miss a couple of weeks with a groin injury. This is really bad. And I know that Connor Murphy hasn't really endeared himself to Hawks fans yet because he plays a non-flashy game, and he was acquired for a guy that Blackhawks fans loved in Nicholas Jalmerson. But quietly, he's emerged as one of the Hawks' best defensemen. Uh, when I got this news, I ran the numbers of how the pairings for the Blackhawks have been. So I ran the, the numbers for defensive pairings that have played together for more than 20 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Okay, so does that make sense? That's If they play together at even strength for more than 20 minutes, they're in this calculation. There's four defensive pairings. Connor Murphy and Duncan Keith. Calvin DeHaan and Eric Gustafson. Brent Seabrook and Ole Mata and Duncan Keith and Eric Gustafson. The only pairing above water in possession is Keith and Murphy. 53 point, I'm sorry, 55.3 in Corsi, 54.4 in Fenwick. DeHaan and Gustafson are 46.85 in Corsi, 46.25 in Fenwick. Seabrook and Mata, who I think deserve some credit, they've been a really good pair. I think they've done a really, really good job uh, as a pair this year. But their numbers, uh, Corsi-wise, are 41-13 Corsi and 39.6 in Fenwick. And Keith and Gustafson, really bad, 38.81 and 40 in Fenwick. So this hurts. Connor Murphy going down hurts. And I don't know if this opens the door for Adam Boquist. You would think he's the next man up. You would think he's the guy who's the first to be recalled. But I would not bet on that. I would think if they're looking to call somebody up, it would be Dennis Gilbert, who's more defensive-minded than Boquist and sort of fills the role that Connor Murphy provides. I hope it's Boquist. I want it to be Boquist, but it would not shock me if it's Dennis Gilbert coming up for Connor Murphy. Time to go down the number line on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. By the way, if you don't know down the number line, that is a reference to a fish song. I'm sure some people know that, but in case you don't, now you do. Also, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Fenwick or Corsi or whatever, I will include any episode where I talk about these things, a link to naturalstattrick.com. They have a glossary, which explains all of these terms. If you're a little bit confused about what I'm talking about with these hockey metrics, look on the description of this podcast and there will be a link to Natural Stat Tricks glossary on there. You can go in there. You can play around with the numbers, try to figure out yourself who's playing well, who's not. Uh, it's a really great resource for hockey fans. I was never a big analytics guy. I'm still sort of on the fence of eye test versus numbers. I think there's value in both. But uh, it's a good resource to see, like, how is this guy really doing over the course of an entire season or a couple weeks, whatever, or how's a pairing playing, like I mentioned last segment, with Keith and Murphy. It's a good resource to sort of see how the games go when you're when your players on the ice. So into the numbers we go. Uh Blackhawks were outshot 34-32 by Vegas. Uh 
two shots in overtime for the Knights is what gave them the edge. The Hawks had no shots in overtime. Part of that was because they were killing a penalty, Taves. God. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Just frustrated that the one guy you're supposed to be able to trust has been the guy you can't trust. It's very, very, very frustrating. Oy, I went over some of the ice time numbers uh, earlier. Duncan Keith played 28 minutes on Tuesday night. 28 minutes. <sighs> He's been playing better. There's no doubt. He had four block shots, three shots on goal, and a miss shot. Really, really good game. No doubt. You cannot play Duncan Keith 28 minutes at 36 years old. I don't care how superhuman he is. I don't care. I know you had an injury, so that's an exception. Great. Fine. That cannot become a trend. It can't. It just simply can't. Next number to sit out to me, Alex Dabrinkit did not pick up a point. Five shots on goal, though, for Dabrinkit on Tuesday night. He also had three more shot attempts. Uh, so he is generating the offense. He probably had a couple other opportunities to uh, take some shots as well that he passed up. But to bring hit the uh, the goals are going to come. He was robbed by uh, Flurry at one point. Man, Flurry was awesome, just awesome. This game, there's, I mean, and they show the stat. Like I didn't realize that he's is he seventh all time in wins. That's crazy. I I had no idea he was that high already. Maybe it's just because I'm old, <laughs> and it just feels like oh, that's a young guy. I've seen his whole career. How could he possibly be that? He's that high up. He's like seventh or eighth all time in wins in the NHL. And I'm not, it's not active players. That's all time. Crazy. Another guy who we've not given a lot of credit to uh, that we talked a lot about before he played is Calvin DeHaan. 21.05 for DeHaan, including 253 shorthanded. He had a shot on goal, seven hits, three block shots. He has come in and delivered the solid defensive play that the Blackhawks traded for. That's why they brought Calvin DeHaan in. And I think, again, a guy who does not play a flashy style of defense but does the job very solidly, DeHaan has been everything he's been advertised to be. I think he's been really, really solid this year. Um, I do want to give special recognition to our special boy, Andrew Shaw, who did not take any penalties on Tuesday night. And if you don't take any, that means... No neutral zone or offensive zone penalties. I believe that that's the first time this season Andrew Shaw has not recorded a neutral or offensive zone penalty. So good job, Andrew Shaw. Otherwise, one shot attempt, three hits, 50% on faceoffs, but he only took two. It's amazing. You don't have to take a dumb penalty every game. Huh. Who knew? Huh interesting anyway uh, boy it's one of those nights it's just tough to this one is still bugging me usually having the podcast is cathartic for me i'm like all right i just got it off my chest and i feel better i thought after the first segment i would feel better but i really don't i really don't this one's gonna stick with me for a while because they so deserved it they deserve to win this game i really think so and when we look at the overall course and again if you don't know what these mean, check the show description. I've got the link to the uh, definitions in there. Basically, it's, it measures shot attempts. Corsi includes block shots. Fenwick does not. That's the difference. So 
Uh, first period, the Blackhawks had 10 shot attempts for, 12 against. Second period, Hawks had 11 shots for, 14 shot attempts for, 14 against. Third period, 8 shot attempts for, 18 against. That's where you saw Vegas really turning it on, uh, trying to tie the game. And the frustrating thing is, Vegas played in Philly last night. They flew here overnight. This was the point where they were supposed to be out of gas, and you could really take advantage of them. But losing Connor Murphy for that third period really caught up with the Hawks. And uh, you had to play some guys more than you probably wanted to and longer than you probably wanted to, and it really took effect in the third period. So um, they did not have – the Blackhawks did not have a positive Corsi period the entire game at 5-on-5. So a little surprising. It was close. You know, it wasn't like it was blown out either way, but it felt like the Hawks had the edge in play. But when you look at the possession numbers, and like I said, this is a tool. This is not an absolute, but it's a tool you can use to analyze the game and look deeper into the games. Aggravating. Very aggravating. And I think uh, the next game coming up on Thursday really takes on new meaning. And, and I'm not going to try to say it's a must win. Or it's not a must win. Philadelphia comes to town Thursday night. And while it's an Eastern Conference opponent and giving them a win wouldn't be the most fatal thing in the world, the Hawks need to be rewarded for these good efforts. And I'm really curious to see what they're going to do now with Connor Murphy out. Is it going to be Adam Boquist? Is it going to be Dennis Gilbert? Could it be both? Maybe they see, I think Gustafson has not been good. I've not seen much from him. That makes me say he deserves to stay. He's got, did he have an assist? I don't think he did. Gustafson did not have an assist. That means he's got one point in his last five games. What is it you say you do here? In overtime, Hawks win the faceoff. Clean. Gustafson skates back behind the net, carries the puck out, and turns it over. Dude, you're the offensive defenseman, man. You're the guy who's not supposed to lose the puck when you have it. You're the one who's supposed to be dangerous with the puck. Nope. Turns it over on the boards from light pressure. I don't know. I'm ready for Boquist. I've been ready for Boquist since day one. I will live with his mistakes knowing that the offensive upside is there. And yes, Eric Gustafson had 60 points last year. Yes, that's true. I know. But he's got one point in his last five games. He's not dependable defensively. And I'm ready for something new. And if it's going to be Dennis Gilbert that comes up here and fills in for Connor Murphy, so be it. But to me, Eric Gustafson is still on watch. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining me. As always, really appreciate you tuning in. This daily Blackhawks podcast, it's a bit of a grind, so your support means a lot to me. I very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find Lockdown Blackhawks. And by the way, if you ever run into an issue with episodes downloading or not showing up or whatever, please let me know. We can get those things fixed. I got a note from somebody today that one of the uh, one of the services didn't get the podcast posted till 10 a.m. If you see that, let us know. It's supposed to post at 6 a.m. or right around there. I scheduled the podcast to post every morning at 6 a.m. So if you don't see it at 6 or 6.30 by then, send me a note. We could try to get it fixed. So anyway, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jay Zawoski. Thanks so much for listening to the Lockdown Podcast Network.